Yeah. Or we can pick something that you've put some time into if you want. And, you know, so you yeah. can be like, oh, I'm already familiar with this. If you'd rather do that, whatever. That conceit would work if I actually played video games before we started this podcast. But <laughs> I, really, I, I bought a lot of video games. Yep. yep. I was dying when I retweeted that. Like somebody was like, it was like buying video games and playing video games are two different. Oh, hobbies. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yep. That's so true. Everybody. Welcome to Pursuing Pixels. My name is Kevin Portelli, and I'm here tonight with our hosts, Randall Nolary. Hey, everybody. And DJ Mandolini. Hello. And we're also joined tonight once again by our buddy, John Hines. Hello. And uh, tonight we're doing another uh, Game of the Month episode. This month we uh, talked about... Uh, <laughs> almost said we talked about Game of the Month. This month we talked about uh, Into the Breach. And, uh, we, we played Into the Breach. Yeah, we were, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow. Wow. Episode, uh, yeah. Take two. Jesus Christ. Take three. But, uh, but yeah, so we we could just keep rolling here. Who cares? Um, but this is kind of like a strategy relative. I I was going to say relatively simple, but that's certainly not the case, but, but it's, uh, relatively simple, at least in like presentation, you know, it's like an eight by eight tile based grid. Everything is like all the information is kind of given to you, you know, right up front like the enemy takes his turn you see what they're going to be doing um and then you're basically just trying to prevent that from happening and then the the overall framework for the game is like essentially a roguelike you're just working from island to island kind of defending these uh on each island there's buildings that uh are essentially your overall health that powers up your mechs and and that's how you essentially if once you run out of power i think there's like seven or eight notches or something once you run out of power your run is done and then uh but each mech itself has its own health and like or the pilots i guess i should say the mechs do as well but once like uh the pilots you know all have their individual power ups and we'll get into that as we talk about the game i'm sure and uh yeah and you, you know there's just different elements of like carrying you know small things from a previous run into the next run and uh yeah it's uh, basically almost like a I don't want to say chess-like, but it has some oh, it qualities is. of that where yeah. you're, you're really thinking about your moves. And and yeah, so that's just a, a brief synopsis. This is a pretty relatively well-known indie game, so we're, we're definitely not uh, breaking new ground here on this one or anything. But, uh, but uh, John, I know you had played quite a bit of this um, before. You know, we, this was all of our, I think, first time dipping into the game. But uh, I know you had played quite a bit of this beforehand, so you have some initial thoughts having having probably played more of this game than any of us yeah so i i I played this game a bit uh before uh i started playing it again for this podcast uh i had unlocked basically every uh mech crew other than the final one so i had uh and each mech crew has a very specific uh, mechanics associated with them. There's like three different mechs that all have different abilities. So yeah, every, uh, time that you play, you have, you select a crew and they have pre built ones that have, uh, arrangements of three mechs. Every crew that you have will have three mechs total. And the first one I think, uh, is more like push heavy and like melee heavy. Yeah. So there's a lot of like, you come into direct contact with, uh, uh, Vec, which are these insect uh, aliens that you're fighting against in each map, and the uh, like, so you get very uh, uh, intimately acquainted with the like physical aspect in the first crew, and then the second ha- second crew you get, I think, is uh, well, you can unlock them at any point with uh, medals or yeah, you coins, get coins that you get. of some kind for like completing challenges. Like each squad also has like three challenges associated with it that. As you complete those challenges, whether it's like defeat an enemy from five squares away or whatever they are, mm-hmm. you get you earn those coins and then you can unlock and purchase these different squads. And yeah, you technically can unlock them in different orders, although the price of each one increases as you go up. So it kind of seems like you're going to pick one of these, maybe one or two although, as your first purchase. Although I did unlock after I think I locked the first uh, one that was like two coins to unlock uh, and then the next one i did i saved up for like six so like i did try to skip around a bit just to see what the different mechanics were 
and each one controls completely differently. Yeah, it's like almost a different game. I've I've unlocked Jeez. the first four. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that different calling it a different game is a little bit. But but you do a stretch, approach. But, like, yeah, you, you have to think totally differently about how you're going to yeah. take these enemies out or avoid taking damage or whatever. Yeah, because uh, the problem solving that it, it, you really start to think in different languages for each one. So you'll have one that's uh, fire based and then you'll be thinking about like, okay, am I going to land a Vec on a tile that is going to cause passive damage to them, and will that be enough to take them out even if I'm not directly attacking them? Or you'll have an ice crew where you're like thinking about, okay, well, if I can't defeat this one outright, maybe I can freeze it for another turn, and then I won't have to. There, and That's I think cool. the, best, the best part of this game, I really think that is unique and sets it apart, is that the, at the beginning of every single turn, the Vec move first, but they don't execute their moves, so they just telegraph what they're about to do. Right. So the entire structure of the strategy is you preventing the moves that they have like laid out on the map for you. Yeah, yeah, and you know like where they're going to sprout up from, like as you eliminate enemies, and and every battle is only five turns, uh, unless it gets more as the game. I have not played the final island. Oh, uh, so I don't know. I've only played. I'm, I'm one of those people that like, even though I know you can move on to the final island after two, like I need to beat all five. If I'm oh, going to yeah. beat the game proper, I need to beat all five. I will um, say I, unless I am going for a specific medal or a specific achievement, I only do two island runs. OK, wow. just interesting. Because I, and I, even when I'm trying to do specific achievement, like that, that's the nice thing about the, the so the ways that you unlock coins or you get medals in certain ones is that there are like very specific objectives like you said like uh, of like you know a attack from a certain number of tiles away and and some of them are structured enough that you have to either go through all four islands or some of them are you know you can just do it in two and it's i, I like that they have kind of allowed for a, a bit of leeway unless you're going for the like you know beat a level on hard like that is a specific one that you have to do that but for the most part like if you're having a difficult time with the game like you can just do it on whatever level that you feel comfortable with yeah there's easy normal and and hard difficulty settings and i that's why i originally was gonna toss the ball to you dj because i saw that you were playing on hard i saw that you had made a post what do you mean you saw (laughs) well i was uh it was funny i was talking to john when i was texting i'm like oh i'm finally playing into the breach and obviously he knew that was our game of the month and uh he was like oh, are you playing on easy because that's like the only way to play like it's just like and i was like oh no i'm playing on normal and i'm just actually cruising through and i was feeling like yeah i'm, I'm getting this game I, th- I think it's just clicking and then i paused and i was like oh fuck i am on easy like i must have <laughs> just hit the shoulder button and and switched the difficulty and uh so i immediately had to quit that game and go back to normal i'm not a i'm not a masochist so i'm not gonna <laughs> go for the hard because uh, this game even on normal is pretty tough but wait but does a it default cool- to easy no, I no. just uh, okay. on the on the default menu. If up. you, I thought click, I was going to be even worse than I. No, if was. you <laughs> if you click a L or R on the on the main screen and you're not on like a highlighted like part of the menu, it will. That's how you switch the difficulty. Got it. And I must have just clicked that because you also uh, can just hold down L when you're like looking at any other thing to like kind of bring up like as if you were highlighting it with a cursor right on the computer because it's definitely a game that. You know, strategy games, you know, definitely have their root in like, you know, play them on PC. But it does. It it took a little getting used to the control scheme. Like you got to get it down to for it to feel like, oh, I got this down. Like it just feels natural or second nature, but feels good. You know, you can use up and down on the D-pad to cycle through your mechs. You can use left and right on the D-pad to cycle through the the Vex or the Insects. Oh, man. Um, and there's all I kinds of like... Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I was moving my cursor around well, all the time. Well, the cursor feels well, nice and quick, I, and the maps are so small. I mean, it's just that 8x8 eight eight grid. It's it's pretty easy to use either way, but it's nice to just like... I just want to check the health of all the enemies. Yeah. Or, it's really nice. Uh, yeah, no, the cursor was fine. I just, I just feel like an idiot. That <laughs> <laughs> you could have quick mapped it. Ah, that's right. Yeah, no, it, uh, it feels really nice on a controller. Yeah, I, I know. Like, I think it originally came out on Steam. Yeah, and before it came, well, it was it like early access for a really long time. Yeah, and but like, uh, I, th- I think that the way that you can move around on because it is like the isometric, like it's not like a, a straightforward 
uh, down, left, right. It is at that angle of like 45 degree, but it feels completely natural to me. I've, I've never had an issue with like moving along the grid. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of cool, like, so you get, you pick a pilot at the beginning of each run and you kind of unlock these pilots throughout your play. And I don't really understand how you unlock them. You Time just kind of get them. Baby. Yeah, you gotta but, they're, but they're just random kind of, right? Like you Sometimes. don't. There's one on every island, I think. Uh, but there's it's, like, it's there's random. like, there's like 10 or 12 different pilots. So I, yeah. So like I played through the game and unlocked uh, most of the mech crews that you can get, but for I actually in just playing a couple runs to like refresh myself I unlocked like I think three pilots oh nice and I it just like randomly happened and I, th- I think like some of them are condition based but for the most part I think it's mostly just random yeah just from playing the game I yeah. guess but it's they and they all have like a unique like this one I've been kind of carrying this one pilot over from because every time you lose you can carry one pilot from one of your three mechs over to the next mission because the conceit is that you're just going back in time. You're like, oh, shit, we didn't save the world or whatever. And we have to go back and try again. Or if you um, do save the world, then you go back and try to save another timeline. Damn. So that, that's what happens when you win is like if it you go to the final. And it's just an infinite loop. Like Nice. And, and so wow. like it's you kind of it is. So I, I'm very interested to see like Spoiler which pilots. Alert, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> whatever (laughs) but like which pilots you guys chose to like bring with you because i i've kept like the same pilot throughout mine and the mine has like the an ability that when like he heals him his own mech like he sends out like a burst of air that like pushes any units next to him away from him that sounds so you can kind of use it like if like say there's a vec that is next to some water you just go next to that vec while you heal yourself and then also like that'll instantly kill it by any vec that like is land-based going into water is there any like pilots that you guys really stuck with or Uh, really liked their mechanics well if you if you checked out my twitter post (gasps) i uh did use the pilot abe quite a bit um he takes one less damage so he's very resilient and i was aiming (laughs) yeah and i was aiming for an achievement where it's uh beat the game three times with a single pilot so oh okay yeah yeah. nice were you able to beat it at all yes oh my god (laughs) damn it man jeez i put about 10 hours in and i i mean i i do play games like a little more methodically i'm just kind of exploring the mechanics i've unlocked like i said four of the crews and i'm just like okay i'll try this crew out for a few hours okay i'll try and every run you know i'm taking like about an hour and a half or so to play a run so right I uh I think I beat it on my sixth attempt. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> uh so I did that and then that was on normal and then I played two more immediately after that, won both of those. Uh cuz I wanted wow. to do like the win based <laughs> off of like doing all four islands, doing three, doing two just to see like mm-hmm. you know how how big a difference it makes. Um and then after I did that and got the achievement for, you know, three victories, same pilot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did hard mode and I beat that my first try. Oh my, oh my <laughs> gosh. I played on hard for a little bit as well just to check it out. And it was it was brutal. But <sighs> but uh, but what about you, Randall? I know I know you had a little less time to scratch or dig into this game this uh, month. But but what have you thought, uh, you know, getting into it, what you have so far? I have to go on after that. <laughs> <laughs> You're so how like many times did you beat Island, guys? <laughs> <laughs> it took it took some time. It took some time. I definitely made it to the, like the the final encounter, but that in that run, I didn't quite uh, I didn't quite equate the uh, the power grid level to my own health. I didn't realize that that was a thing. Mm, so right. uh, yeah, it didn't last long there. Um, it actually took me a few runs for some reason to put two and two together that that was my most important thing not the uh laid out objectives of that parcel of land so once i started changing my mindset in the last couple of runs i did before we uh started talking i'm doing better now but unfortunately uh that that doesn't amount to much in this game it's it is quite difficult from my perspective (laughs) yeah it's it's not an easy game like i said even on easy you know, I, I like I said, I felt, oh, I'm breezing through, but like I felt like I was just like all of a sudden it just felt like, oh, I'm OK. I kind of clicked. I'm getting the game because yeah. I was making some cool moves like 
like John mentioned, uh, the very first, I think they're called the Rift Walkers. They're the great. The first mech that you get. Yeah, I, I probably like them best out of the four I've played so far. Yeah. Um, but you can do, you know, at first you're getting some abilities. Like you have this one mech that can like shoot this missile that doesn't do a ton of damage. It only does one damage, but it pushes every adjacent tile one uh one more tile away right um and then you can eventually upgrade that mech to where you can shoot the buildings without doing any damage to them because if you hit any of your Mm. own units or any of the buildings or anything if you don't have any kind of shield or something to protect them um or some ability like i just mentioned um you're you're gonna do damage to them but you can do some moves then where you're gonna shoot like okay i can't quite get my tank into range but if I get it one, I'm one tile off, so I can get it right to the edge and then shoot this missile, have it push my tank one more tile over. Oh, damn. Um, and then, you know, and then be able to make that shot or use that ability that I needed to use or block a shot, you know, put my mech in front of a projectile from an right. enemy that's going to be on the next turn. Like maybe it's worth, you know, sometimes you really do. I like sometimes I don't think there's a way out. Like you just have to take either some damage to the buildings or like I'm going to take some mech damage. Oh, yeah. Um, And you just kind of have to choose when to sacrifice. And and like you mentioned, uh, Randall, like you're picking like these different parcels of land on the island that are either earning you a star, which gives you like these reputation points that you can spend at the end of the island uh, to get new abilities new weapons stuff like that really not much like you don't it's not like you rack them up and you can you know spend a t- and get a ton of stuff you get like a few things um or you can get like it has like a little lightning bolt and that can give you more health for your power grid which is that overall like building health <laughs> that we keep talking about right. and, and also if you keep if you overcharge the power grid that increases the defense that you have so there's like the percentage of like, is that just like the percentage that they might miss the yeah. attack? resist it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or that, yeah, if uh, Vec attacks a building that like the building sustains like no damage. Yeah. I love that. Which is always like just, a, oh, yeah. yes, yeah. it happens at the best moments <laughs> when you're just like, I need it. You it's, know. it's really nice that that's one of the few times that randomness comes into play, but it's, you know, in your favor. Like there's right. no like risk of critical hits throughout Right, because the Vec are never going to miss an attack on you, and you are never going to miss an attack on the right, Vec. Right, the yeah. only time yeah. that that randomness ever comes into play is when a Vec is attacking like a non-active like faction of it. Yeah, and I know we mentioned like just you know I, I I'm not the first person to compare this game to chess. You it's know? very chess. That's, but it's it's very much you know you're you're really looking at the whole board and what mm-hmm. are the moves I can make and then ter- the terrain really comes into play like obviously there's like mountains in the way some of the levels have dams and like John mentioned water before um, and the enemies that aren't flying you can knock into the water they die instantly but your mechs can walk in the water but they can't fire yeah. or repair which you can like repair one health uh, in a turn if you can't necessarily make a a move right. Um, so there, there's all kinds of stuff going on in this game. It's really got a ton of depth. Like, it seems kind of simple on the surface. Like, not easy, uh, but it seems kind of simple on the surface. But especially with all the the extra stuff going on, man, I, I really foresee. And I, I love, like, number one, obviously, I've talked about a million of these different, like, roguelike games on the podcast. And lately, I've been talking about a lot of strategy games on the podcast. But yeah. I, re- I really like games that offer different it, whether it's just like Mega Man getting new power-ups or Mario getting a new suit to wear like I really like games that just shift up the way you play and like when this game I think there's like what 10 or 12 different mech groups there's at least 10 I think, I think there's 10 but also if you ever like feel like you've mastered one of the preset groups they do have a custom option which and, is awesome and a random option yeah. and the mm. random option is when you really start and they each of those have their own like achievement uh, objectives as well that oh. you can earn coins with interesting so but an, an easy way like that you can get those like early on in the game is like oh i'm gonna do a random group with the one crew i have unlocked and oh yeah yeah <laughs> but uh once you start getting like a lot of them then you really start getting like if you have like one like poison like group and one electric like mech and then everything that those preset groups are really built off like just goes out the window and you just have to figure it out for yourself wow. yeah really that sounds fun. intense yeah I, I loved i didn't i kind of i must have just overlooked the random uh squads but i love that you can do the custom squad like yeah oh man i really want because there there is always like you know there's like that one kind of weaker unit on each squad it's they're really well balanced but sometimes you're kind of like 
wonder what it would be like if I just had all the powerhouse units from mm-hmm. these three squads. And it's cool that you can mess around with that. And you can even when you're playing with the different units, they're all like different colors and stuff. And this is like, I guess, like 16 bit ish pixel art. Yeah. You know, yeah, maybe 32 bit. Um, But it, it looks really nice, you know, and the, oh, <laughs> I was going to say and before we forget uh, the soundtrack, I <laughs> oh, really, man. really love. I, I'm a big Ben Prunty fan. He did the FTL soundtrack mm. as well, which was the developers of this game, Subset Games, their previous game. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of goes all over the place. Like it, it has like some like chill, like electronic vibes, but then like some like like kind of bluesy folksy guitars will come in and like yeah, yeah but like gets like kind of industrial on the drums like I, I don't know i i just i really like the soundtrack a lot it's real vibey it's got those donkey kong country 2 vibes every now and yeah. then that i love I, I will say like when i booted the game up for the first time in like a year from like playing it and just hearing like the opening notes of just that booming like low notes i was like oh god damn it i've missed this game <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a fun one. I'm I'm definitely gonna keep playing and hopefully beat this game at some point. Yeah, you keep trying, you'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I need to pick Abe. Maybe Abe's the man. Abe is great, man. I keep picking. Uh, I think her name's Bethany. She has like a starts in each one with a shield, or maybe I've just carried Ooh, over that. Just let her die. <laughs> I have another character that like um, like you start like you get three on the first move of every. Uh, battle you get three extra tiles so basically I can just cover the whole map oh. on my first move so I can put that wow. mech anywhere uh, so yeah there's there's a bunch of cool stuff I, I plan to play some more but how do you guys I, typically spend your uh, reputation points and like upgrade points because I pretty much would just upgrade the the attack damage of my mechs I wouldn't go much for the the you know the weapon cards that give you some new ability yeah I, I, I haven't there were a few times that with uh, if I was playing a crew that I didn't really like their abilities, I might swap out one of the new attack abilities. But for the most part, I'm just plugging it into power cells. And then I, I actually would go health before attack damage. Really? Yeah, for Me everyone. Too, yeah. I don't think right. I ever upgraded my attack damage except for one time. But I, I never just, upgraded my health. I, I would do health, health or movement. move. Yeah, yeah. move. And mm-hmm. then and then sometimes because, yeah, sometimes you buy like or you get one of those weapons. Sometimes you get them in like the the time pods or whatever, too. Mm. But you then you'll equip the weapon. But then you also have to power that weapon with these reactor cores that you sometimes find also in those time pods. This sounds super convoluted, but it's just like in the natural flow of the game. Or you can buy them with these reputation points uh, at the end, which are one of the pricier items that you can buy. But in that uh, every once in a while, section. I think those like end. Uh, of level things that you could buy with them i think some of those are abilities that aren't in any mech right like i think they're just completely unique abilities yeah so some of them i i think uh when i was playing the uh fire-based mech group um there is one that uh, complemented their abilities really well it was either something that like all smoke created fire or like fire did additional damage so like once that popped up in that group i was like absolutely i was grabbing that because this made something that was more of a support base then i could use it as an active like damage based one got it yeah i, I really just played rift walkers and i i don't think there were any that stood out to me as particularly favoring that class so mm-hmm. i was just like you know i'm i'm not gonna invest in a, a scenario that i may not be confronted with i'll just upgrade my attack and get a bit four damage five if you make him collide with another yep. unit it's nice. just mowing people down it's yeah great. um did you unlock the crew that like does the majority of its damage by colliding no oh i i only unlocked two and the first one i unlocked was actually the frost ones i i the way i did i was just like i'm just gonna go for the most expensive mm-hmm. uh and i was really thrown off just the fact that the artillery unit just freezes itself it's just like oh my god (laughs) oh all the mechanics are so good i think i just got so used to rift walkers and like very into how they play that once i unlocked another squad i was it was a little deflating and so pretty much after i beat it on hard like i played a run with two other 
uh, squads. Like I did the one where you've got the plane that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't think I got terribly far with either of them. Uh, and well, like we said before, it's like kind of not a whole different game, but I mean, you got to rethink you're like, yeah, you're getting to be good with the rift walkers. And then you're like back to square one with this next squad. It's just, I don't know. M- maybe I'll go back. I mean, but I was just like, oh, I beat it on hard. Like, I don't know what else. <laughs> well, if it keeps looping, you know, you can just keep, keep going for those loops. I got I got more games to play, Kevin. And <laughs> <laughs> more games to beat. Yeah. Well, anyone else have anything to add on Into the Breach? Uh, not a ton. No, I, I definitely my my interest is peaked in this game. I like you said, I didn't get a ton of time with it, and definitely clunked my way through those first few runs. But it is we've mentioned this before, but it is one of those type of games that I'm thinking about when I'm not playing it. Yeah, I, I oh, want to yeah. I want to boot it up again, especially after this conversation and take what you guys are saying and, and apply it. Yeah, Just definitely dreaming of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thinking of different layouts and just like how I could have done that differently or how that could have played out differently. Yeah, like because yeah. I, I really was super immersed, like just, you know, going hours into a run just as you know, it's turning from daylight to nighttime and I'm not even <laughs> registering that. And she's like, oh, I didn't eat dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all the lights are off in my apartment. Yeah. yeah. Got the friendly light of the Nintendo Switch. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the next game that I was getting into this week uh, definitely involves not quite the same level of like strategy and planning uh, of Into the Breach, like oh, we does. were just talking about, <laughs> but uh, but it definitely incorporates some of those elements into a genre that usually has virtually none of those elements, which is uh, the game is super hot, uh, and this yeah. uh, just came out on the Nintendo Switch, which is where I picked it up, but I think it's available pretty much everywhere else. Uh, it's also available even in VR, and I think the VR experience might even be different than the regular game. I could I be wrong. There, there's, so. there's some different elements to it. I know it's like a whole like different package, you know, and you yeah. can buy them bundled together. So that would seem kind of pointless <laughs> uh, otherwise. But um, but anyways, this is like a first person shooter um, that where you know, essentially the conceit is that time only moves when you move. Um, and this you're, you're allowed to look around, you know, with the with the right joystick or with the mouse, you know, if you're playing on a computer, you're allowed to look around and that does not really progress time, but if you're moving your character at all, or if you jump, um, there's a jump button that's really your only... I don't think there's a crouch button, or at least I have not found it. I don't think but, so. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if you jump or move around in any capacity, that will continue to move time. So, like, sometimes you'll be, like, moving, like, you'll be plotting, like, oh, I'm going to take this enemy out that's kind of ahead of me, and you'll be going to take it out, and then you'll kind of see a bullet just, like, whiz by right in front of you, and you're like, oh, shit, there's an enemy off to my left. So you can kind of stop and turn and look and like see, OK, he's got a machine gun so I can kind of maybe I should back off and like get behind this wall or maybe I should charge ahead and hope he, you know, his aims a little behind me or something. Right. Um. So there. Yeah, there really is that strategic element to like plotting your moves and, and figuring out how to go about things. But but yeah, it's a and, and for what it's worth, time is not completely still like if if you just stand there and never touch the controller you'll eventually get shot like it just slowly slowly like glacially moves along yeah it feels like but, it's uh, like a frame per second or something like that and it's if slow, that but it's yeah happening. i mean it's yeah it's moving super slow but but yeah and it's uh you know the the campaign mode i guess of this game which is kind of the the main mode you don't really have any means of getting into any other mode of this game um, which is something that I have a, a little bit of a beef with, um, we can get into in a minute. Um, but you just kind of like load into, it's almost like the game's running on like an, like MS DOS of some kind. And you yeah. know, the game does have like one thing that I do appreciate. I, I, I don't have any strong, I don't like love the visuals per se, but I do appreciate in a game that is about mowing down things that look like, or that are shaped like people. That I'm not like just sawing off limbs of yeah. of he- flesh, you know. It's nice that they're just kind of like these like red polygons that just shatter as they get shot. Yeah, considering flesh is so what satisfying. The game is. <laughs> <Yeah>. Considering what <laughs> yeah. the game is, it's not that like yeah viscerally aggressive or brutal necessarily. Yeah, which is something that uh, 
that I can kind of sink my teeth into. But uh, but I guess I'll just get right into it. I was talking, I touched on the campaign real quick. And, you know, through the whole campaign, I was kind of playing in like, man, I wish there was just some kind of like arcade mode. I wish this game was just like an arcade game. And once I finally did finish the campaign, I, uh, I did unlock endless mode and then challenge mode, which allow you to play on like multiple levels and just kind of like, how far can you get? How many enemies can you kill? Nice. Um, and it, it seemed to like the highest I got on the very first level of that was 16 enemies. And it like it seemed like it was getting tougher and tougher as time went on, like more enemies were coming with each wave or whatever in this area. But uh, but yeah, I, I did have a little bit of a problem or not. A, I shouldn't say a problem. I just, it just didn't click with me. Like just it kind of has this like kind of. Again, fair warning on spoilers or whatever, but it's like it kind of has this like hackery vibe or like it's all about like hacking and and this. And I I just really didn't vibe with that at all. I was not not feeling it. And and especially not only that, but it makes like the menus and everything like the conceit. They like go so hard into it that it's like everything's clunky. Like if you can't even pause the game, like if you pause the game, it just goes back to the main menu and then you go back into the level again. Oh, it's really? all I didn't about, even like, try that. I didn't realize yeah, that was the case. Yeah, and it's all about, like, every time you, like, beat a level, it's, like, hand over control. It's never, like, move on to the next level. It's always, like, you're, you know, it's, it just does stupid stuff where it's, like, you know, shoot this. It's, like, telling you, like, in the tutorial, it's, like, telling you to do stuff. Like, shoot this enemy, shoot this, and then it's, like, good, duh, or, like, it's trying to, like, make you do stuff, and then it'll be, like, and then it eventually says something like it's, it's, I can't remember. They frame it in the way of like they're telling like a dog to do something, and then it's like good dog, and then they're like, t- and then they just like are like die dog, and you're supposed to like die on purpose, and like it just I just didn't care for that general conceit of the game and and of the framing of it. I guess um, I didn't mind the framing as far as it being like a program in an operating system, or actually, it's it's. It is a program. It's an EXE within an operating yeah. system. And I, I kind of like that stuff to some degree because, yeah, it is very like DOS slash. I, I wouldn't even say Windows 3.1. It's it's more like monochrome DOS type of operating system thing going on. And but there's still some level of like Internet or connectivity where like, oh, there's an update, a patch to your your program like let's try it now there were bugs in that previous version so yeah i almost forgot about that there's like it and it, that was kind of annoying too maybe that's just what rubbed me the wrong way but yeah there's like you keep getting these incoming messages as you play you get like booted out of the game and it's like you get these messages that are like hey have you checked out this game super hot it's the most innovative shooter in a long time and like all these like <laughs> i just really like hyping up the it was like really like just kind of self-indulgent i guess um kevin do you just not I, like the talky parts in your action games well it's it's not that but it was like it really like was like it really it just rubbed me the wrong way i was like man I, the game's cool just let the game speak for itself you don't need to yeah. tell me how cool the game is yeah um that that just always rubs me the wrong way i don't think i've ever enjoyed that like tone in a game show don't um, tell <laughs> yeah and and the thing is is like the mechanics of this game do show you know yeah. it's really fun to play I'm I'm have a blast once I'm in the game and I'm just playing and now that I'm just playing these endless mode levels like that's awesome I'm loving it um and I'm really excited to keep exploring how many more levels I can unlock and just kind of it seems like a really good like pick up and play like let me just high score chase I've talked about that before on the podcast I like doing that in pinball games or whatever you know whatever right. kind of game it is I just like chasing high scores even if it's just my own so this is something that I do see myself coming back to to just kind of you know I just want to mow down a few red guys yeah I'm curious is there uh, any sort of stealth element or do all the enemies know where you are right from the start I don't know if they're I don't know like for they know where you are yeah, they definitely come towards you. I don't know if like if they don't have a line of sight to you, if they can see you. I, I don't know, but it seems like they just kind of come towards you. Yeah. yeah, but there there is like a cover element as well where you can hide behind objects. You can like run behind walls and stuff. But you yeah. you played a little this week as well, right, uh, Randall? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. And you're playing on the Xbox, right? Yeah, so. I'm playing the Xbox One X version of it. Um, which it looks, it's a pretty game. Um, I think it's 4k cause it's, it looks pretty crisp and yeah, I've, I've only played like the first seven, I don't know. I wouldn't call them levels necessarily. Uh, yeah, I think you had a good term like instances, instances or whatever you yeah. called it before. Of, yeah. And yeah. there's, there's only about 25 or so oh, I would say in okay. the campaign. It's not, not a very long game. I think it was even originally like a free to play like flash 
browser game of some kind. Yeah. Uh, or like a game jam game. Yeah, it was, it was, some, it was something. Game. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe it was like on Itch.io or whatever. Um, but yeah, they ended up kind of fleshing it out into like a full package. And again, I, I wasn't crazy about how that package was presented. And again, these modes that I do like, unfortunately, there's no, at least to the best of my knowledge, maybe there's some kind of code you can put in or something. Um, but to the best of my knowledge, there's not a way to access those without playing uh, through the main campaign like huh. it, that only unlocked after I finished the campaign. But if it's that short, so, that doesn't seem too bad to me. Yeah, I would say the the whole campaign took hour to an hour and a half, maybe two. At nice. the most. Yeah, Whoa. like very short. Yeah. So it's it's all about the mechanics here, I would say. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's it, one of the cool things is like especially it feels extra cool in endless mode is like so after you beat a level, you know, or, or after you die, I guess, in endless mode. But uh, it it will then play your replay in like real time as if you were playing it like as a normal first person shooter. Whoa. And so it looks like you're just a badass like <laughs> just whipping around with like swinging 180 degrees, just mowing people down like and it's it, it does have some cool like I really like the feel of like, you know, you can grab a lot of like not debris, but like just things that are scattered on the level. So there'll just be like some vases over here and like, oh, I don't have a weapon, but I can grab this vase. I can whip it at the enemy that has the pistol, grab the pistol. Right, so like once it air. hits the enemy, yeah, they drop the pistol. It doesn't kill them, but they drop the pistol. You grab the pistol out of midair, you blast them, and then you have to move a little bit to give you enough time to reload. And it may just makes like a kind of a clicking reload sound. Right. And then, uh, and yeah, so far all I've encountered, I think there's just like pistols, machine guns, and shotguns. Um, Which you can all throw when you're out of ammo. Too, yeah. Oh, and, and uh, katanas and baseball bats. Yeah. Um, okay. Which is, yeah, really fun. It's really fun to kind of just like juggle some stuff or you feel like again. And it's just like that feeling of like you think you have a plan and then like all of a sudden some bullets just come whizzing yeah. past you from another direction. And you're like, oh, shit, I did yeah. not even realize there was like a hallway over there or whatever. So it's it's pretty cool. Uh, again, like you said, they're. To call them levels is is a little bit of a stretch. They're more like yeah, instances or like little mini like arenas. Yeah. Um, that you're kind of like just, you know, choreographing, and and it is like you know, it's cool because you're like you're shooting and you're you're like leading the receiver almost. <laughs> you know, you gotta like, but it's everything still. You're not like you're not actually doing it in real time, but you have to be like, okay, I think this enemy, they're like running towards me. I think they're gonna go down that hall to the left. So if I like shoot here now. I think by the time I move, like it'll hit them. And right. again, the enemy, the enemy's bullets also hurt the enemies as well. So oh, like you can kind of line stuff up. Yet. Yeah. Oh, yes. But you, it's definitely more noticeable in endless mode because you can kind of like I, I had one. I like actually just kind of dropped the controller and my character just started running all over the place because <laughs> uh, the joystick was pressed down. But like the end, I just kept getting kills. I wasn't touching any like I wasn't shooting at all. And I was like, oh, I must just be racking this up because they're killing each other trying to <laughs> shoot me. So, yeah, even though it's in super slow-mo, it, it feels very hectic and very, like, kinetic. Yeah, and it, and it feels like when you watch the replay, it's like that's it's like that's what it felt like while you yeah. were playing. You know, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, um, it doesn't feel like a super easy or dumbed down no. experience uh, in any way. It, it just kind of adds a new strategic and almost like puzzle like element to the gameplay of a first person shooter, which again is a genre that I don't play that much of um, in fairness. You know, I don't have much to really compare this to yeah. uh, as a touchstone, but there's some nice, you know, a lot of sensitivity controls. Like you're able to, it starts at like one, you're able to go up or down from there. So like, it seems like there's a, I was able to fine tune that like even to the point where like, just bumping it down to 0.9 made enough of a difference to me to like, oh, that feels a little better. Oh, nice. so like it, it's definitely got some nice fine tuning to the mechanic or to the controls. And for what it's worth, I don't know if you tried this at all, Randall, uh, but it does default to gyro controls. Oh, uh, I, did I did not, not play. I did not play with gyro at all, but it does default. And we do have My gyro John. I know oh. we got gyro John on the podcast. So um, I'm a gyro yeah, no, defender too. That's I know you play like Breath of the Wild and and Splatoon and all that with mm-hmm. gyro, right, John? I get. I like getting that just fine tuned touch. That's right. Yeah, it does. I was definitely interested, especially because you know that's that was the default mode of the game, and and once they showed like. 
I, I was playing with the pro controller, so it didn't come to mind. I was just like, as soon as it started doing it, I was like, oh, I don't want that. <laughs> but like, if I had a Joy-Con in my hand, that might be a little different. That might feel right. a little better of like aiming a pistol might feel kind of cool with the Joy-Con. Like, cause I, I did like that feeling playing on the Wii and stuff with like the nunchuck and, and Wii remote setup. So oh, yeah. I don't, uh, I don't know. I think I might try it now that I'm like through the campaign and know what the game's all about, but yeah, I definitely plan to play more. I, I see this being a game that I just kind of go back to and be like, I wonder if I can beat that high score when I, when I just randomly have an itch to play it. So, And yet another game that uh, would be fun with VR, getting that eventual PlayStation VR headset. I know, I know, although I did splurge on the Switch, like I said, uh, to pick this one up oh, since yeah. I got all I got caught up in the hype of like, oh, it got announced and it's available right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, OK, I guess I'll buy it. Uh, but it's been—I mean, this game's been on my radar for a really long oh, time. Yeah. So, do you regret not doing the VR and having the? N- no, because well, it is a separate game. Like you have to actually right. buy a separate VR game. Any like the you have to buy Super Hot VR separately from Super Hot. But which I doubt you'll do. <laughs> I no, I still would maybe if 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 it is in fact a totally different experience. It's if new I levels, do end up getting a VR sure. setup, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, so if I do end up getting, although if there are more levels that are themed in that hacker theme, then maybe me personally would not be super interested in that. It's just I've I've been wanting to play this, but I feel like I need to do it the VR version. Mm, Interesting, because it definitely was not a VR game originally. Like that's not how it originated. And I guess that's how I first heard about it was seeing the VR of it. So maybe that's just how I first saw it. So that's what I associate it with, but. Maybe I should just uh, be a sucker like you and get it on Switch. <laughs> I could see it being really cool in VR, though. I think I would want to play it in VR with gyro controls or with like the PlayStation Move controls or whatever. That would be cool if that's a possibility. Yeah, yeah, that definitely sounds like something I want to try. Yeah. Well, I've got no uh, no real transition of any kind in any capacity here. But uh, but John, uh, last time he was on the podcast, talked a little Dragon Quest Builders 2 and I think Randall talked about it a little bit, too. Um, you guys had both played uh, Randall more so the original game mm-hmm. but uh, in the series. But uh, why don't you talk a little bit about that? I know you've been playing some more of that and some of the DLC. Yeah. So I uh, I think when I was last on the pod, I like had beaten two of the islands. And since then, I've beaten the like main campaign of the game and uh, really enjoyed it. Like, it was, it was uh, a lot of similar structure of like you'll go to a new island they'll have a series of quests or a series of new mechanics that they'll introduce that you start doing um and then uh by the end of the game like you are you have a culmination of all those different mechanics that you have and you're trying to put them all into play and uh, i think it does a really good job of introducing them and like rolling them out in a way that feels natural and it doesn't feel like you're overwhelmed at any point um but since beating the game, I've mostly just been playing on the uh, Awakening Isle, which is the, the free play area of the game. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've really been enjoying my time just like uh, at one point I was like, oh, well, what if I just swam out as far as I could into the ocean, just started building an iceberg and <laughs> like uh, creating your own goals at that point. It still does a really good job of like each uh, after you beat an island, you get a new uh, pedestal that like you can warp to and that will have its own series of goals that are specific to the island that you just beat. So one will be like, oh, we're going to build a castle and we're going to build these rooms that are associated with that and uh, those mechanics and like grow these amount of crops or something. So it it really uh, takes the smaller things that you did like a very granular level on each individual island that you would take then back to this uh, free play zone and still give you an incentive to continue to do them or to continue to just like grow and discover new things. Nice. Because even like beating the game, like I still have, I think only like 60% of all items unlocked in the game. Jeez. So there's still a lot of just like, uh, here's a new recipe that I unlock. And they even recipes have their own, like uh prerequisites that you have to do to unlock them uh and so i was having a really good time with just doing that um but then i was also yeah i remember in dragon quest builders one there was a fishing mechanic 
And then I remember seeing like uh, screenshots of people doing that and having beaten the game. I was like, I don't know how I could have missed that mechanic <laughs> in two. But then uh, I realized that it was a it was a DLC. So I would, I'd already planned on getting the season pass bundle to start with. Uh, and I picked that up and that introduces, I believe, after the first island, you can start going there. So even though like I had gotten it after I beat the game. If you get it at the same time when you beat the or when you start the game, uh, you can access this island and that introduces the fishing mechanic and that gives you a separate number of objectives that are and it's way more fleshed out than it was in the first one as well, because that was basically just throw uh, a fishing line out and then you get fish back like this one is it's (laughs) like mini game basically. Right. <laughs> Can you do this anywhere in the game or is anywhere there's water to that region? So uh, the the fun thing that this one does is that uh depending on where you fish, like you'll get a different type of fish back. So if you're going out in the open ocean, like there's a set of fish that you'll get there. If you have one that's like in a pond, like you'll only get a specific type there. And I've I've only started that, so I've I've gotten I think maybe six or ten fish and i think there's uh somewhere up or like 30 or 40 so there's uh, a good amount of different environments that you're encouraged to go like and i think certain ones are like specific to like an island that is in the main game so that encourages you to travel back and forth between the different areas from the like free area in the game where where i am most of the time so yeah I'm, i'm having a good time just like having a reason to go back to a place that i haven't visited since the beginning of the game and it's it's really nice is there more like this dlc is there more like uh like campaign-esque stuff added is there more story stuff or is it just like there's just more like abilities and things to do so like uh there's it's kind of like side quest it's not like a main campaign or like an additional thing like that but like for the fishing island there is a whole series of quests that like was designed to like introduce the mechanic and get you used to like oh like this is how you catch a fish this is where you how you can uh because it was also like an aquarium dlc so like it was a way like after you catch a fish like you don't see a fish before you catch it but once you have it it becomes an object in the game so you yeah. can set up an area with like nets around an area so then like you can let loose a fish and then it will swim around and you can watch it or you can build an aquarium and you can let them loose and you can see them there that's cool yeah it's a it's a really nice way to add an extra mechanic and like it does have like quests that are specific that teach you those mechanics so i think i'm only like a quarter of the way through the quest line of the like fish dlc but there is also like other dlcs the the modernist pack i think just introduces new objects like you and like you'll just learn all those uh recipes from the start but like now i have the ability to build a really nice modern looking kitchen that like as opposed to my like castle with bonfires or a brick oven (laughs) (laughs) yeah are uh have you played any more since the last time we talked about this randall or no, but I'm 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 def my interest is peaked. I mean, I I didn't mean to drop off this game in the first place. I want to play more of it, but uh I didn't realize the with the DLC that you could get to that island after basically getting off the first tutorial island. So, I mean, I'm right in line to be able to make use of that DLC content if I bought the season pass. So, that's interesting. Yeah, this is definitely something that again, I I've not I've haven't played too many games and I know I talked about not that it's a, anywhere near a direct comparison, but No Man's Sky a couple weeks ago. But uh, but like I haven't played too many of these kind of like build your own like, you know, you're kind of crafting your own story, I guess. Right. Um, as you go in and, and, and but really heavy on the crafting and the, and the and the building and stuff. I haven't played too much stuff like this, but it sounded like from the last like what you've said this week and last week or la- not last week, but last time you were on, um, it seems like there's a lot more wrapped up into this game to to really flesh it out into something special that it's not just this like you know like Minecraft looks cool when you, and I haven't played it so I'm I'm not trying to talk shit about Minecraft or anything but like it looks cool but it also looks like you have to be super creative and inventive for it to be cool yeah and this it's this looks like yeah and this looks like this is like 
nudges you in some directions to like be creative, but also gives you some guidelines, but also like even stupid stuff like giving you the fish and letting you throw them in an aquarium to like see the benefits of like the time you put into this game. It's stupid that it's just some digital fish swimming around, but it just feels good to be like, hey, I've I've got 30 of the 40 of those and they're look at how look at how full that aquarium is, you know? That just feels good. There there so, was a an area that was a big enough area of coastline that I didn't have any dedicated buildings on the free area. Uh and I was like, you know what? This kind of like one of the tile sets they gave you kind of looks like a submarine and I just started like building them and it made it a little area that looks like it's a a marine biologist haven and I'm going nice. to put all my fish there and it's going to look real nice. And I'm, it was, yeah, but it, it was not something that like, it never said like, Oh, like use this tile set to make this thing. Like, it was just like, I think, I think that would look nice. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I just like the art style of like, it's not all just voxels or like these giant boxes, you know, there is like some really nice looking character designs and some really nice looking, you know, just items and stuff like that. It's not just this like really basic, you know, again, I'm not trying to just bag on that voxel style, but like it just, you know, I, I like that there's a little more detail into this world, you know, yeah. both in the visual style, but just in the overall package. It's got mm-hmm. that uh, later Dragon Quest cell shaded vibrant look, which is always awesome. Yeah, just bright and colorful yeah. and cheerful. Yeah. And between uh, honestly, like I had never played a Dragon Quest game before probably builders one. Oh dang. And between this and uh like the hero being released on like Smash DLC, like I am very excited and will absolutely get like once the uh Dragon Quest uh eleven comes out on Switch. Eleven like, S or whatever, yeah. I am snapping it's on my that radar up. too. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. I've also never played any of the I think I played like Rocket Slime, Dragon yeah. Quest Rocket Slime on the <laughs> DS, yes, <baby>. which is <laughs> like kind of like a top-down Zelda game with some like Rock'em Sock'em robot, almost almost more not Rock'em Sock'em robots. I guess that's what it's like, kind of looks like presentation-wise. But it it kind of is like lovers in a dangerous space time almost. So I guess single player-wise, but like you're running around in this mech and like f- fueling it and like you know. I don't know, like loading up the weapons and like doing all this, like you're multitasking inside of this mech to like run it and do these boss battles. It's really um, cool that that game exists. It's such a weird game. It is. Yeah. yeah I actually finished really cool. that whole game. Yeah. yeah which is not again, like we've talked about many times on this podcast. It's not always the case of seeing one through all the way to the end. But but yeah, that's I have very limited and, and no experience with like the traditional RPG Dragon Quest game. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to check it out just because. You know, any game or franchise that's been around for 11 installments. Yeah. It's like I'm at least interested in what it's about. So. Yeah, for sure. All right. So for the next game here, we're actually going to venture a little bit off the beaten path. And since we got John here as a a special guest, uh, we actually were playing. uh, I was uh, out at a little I wouldn't even call it a bachelor party because it was more like just. (laughs) Wow. Well, I just mean like I considered it one. Well, I consider one. I guess I just mean like. (laughs) I just mean like I had a great time with my friends. I had a great time as well. I just mean in the sense of like when you hear the term bachelor party, you think like, oh, go to the strip club or like, I mean, I don't think that and I have no interest in doing that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I just like that. This that was my kind of bachelor party. I did not mean yeah. that as a slight in any way That's at Kevin's all. Kevin's kind of bachelor it's party. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I was just, you know we just went and got some burgers and hung out and got went to a board game bar and like went to did it did a few different things. I I unfortunately still with my hernia stuff had to call it a little bit earlier of an evening. But I know there was a few other things on the docket. But we ended up going to this board game bar and even though we went to a board game bar, we actually played a game that we brought. Um, which is a game called Hanabi, uh, which is a card game, and it is a cooperative card game, which is uh, something that over the past, like, maybe two, three years, I, I never even realized that, like, cooperative board games existed until I played, I think it was Pandemic was one of the first oh, ones yeah. I played. And it was just like, oh, man, this is so fun to play a board game, like, together as a team. Like, we're not trying to just, like, because some of those games can get so trolly. Like, even Catan, you can just, like, okay, I don't have a chance to win. So I'm just going to decide that John is not going to win this game. I'm not going to let him never going to trade with him. I'm Mm -hmm. never going to do any, you know, I'm just going to screw him over every opportunity I get. And so I really like these 
cooperative games and and hanabi um is another one of those uh, not a board game but a card game but uh i know uh dj was not there for this particular uh playing of the game but he and our buddy glenn and i have played quite a few times uh in the past and essentially the conceit of this game is uh hanabi i believe is uh means fireworks Mm -hmm. and uh you have uh five different colors uh numbered one through five and um and you're essentially trying to build stacks or not solitaring them, but essentially like you're you're counting up one to five. And then of each color, you have three ones and then two of every two, three and four cards and then one five. And uh, and you have four cards in your hand, five if you're playing less than uh, three players, I think. Yeah. Or three. Or, or, so I think you can play up to five players. Um, and essentially you're you're holding the only cards that you don't see are your own. And you're you're able to see everyone else's hand and everyone's holding their hand kind of like in front of them. And uh, and you essentially you have three moves you can make on your turn. You can either play a card. You can give a hint, which costs a hint token, which you have a limited amount of. I think there's maybe like eight or nine. I don't remember exactly how many. Um, or you can then uh, discard a card, which will if you've spent any of those hint tokens will give you a hint token back. If you've not spent all of them, if you've actually depleted all of your hint tokens, discarding a card will not give you any more. This game is kind of brutal if you're trying to like really maximize, you know, your your maximum score. You can get, like I said, there's five suits, stacks of five. You're trying to get as many points as you can. So the max points you can get is uh, 25. You can. There's also like a kind of like rainbow colored set um that you can throw into the mix to just like add an extra challenge to the game and say like oh we're just adding a sixth suit into this game that's cool um but really fun and and it's like in the hints that you can give essentially the the main uh gameplay mechanic is like so when all those things obviously come into play of like am i gonna give a hint am i gonna discard a card am i gonna play a card kind of blindly but but essentially this is why it would be blind is like so when you're giving someone a hint um let's say john has uh two green cards in his hand and like a green three a green five and then a white one and a yellow one um if i were to give him a hint about if i let's say i want him to play that white one card i can't just tell him hey this is a one or this is a white card i i have to tell him Every, if I'm going to tell him that that card is white, I have to tell him about every white card in his hand. Or if I tell him that that card's a three, I have to tell him about every three in his hand. So I can never, like, just selectively, like, if we know we need to play a green three next, I can't just highlight that three and be like, hey, John, that's a three. If he has other threes in his hand, okay. I have to tell him about all of them. And it's all about, you know, when when Glenn DJ and I would play uh, a couple years ago, a little more consistently i mean we kind of got in a groove of like we knew how each other gave hints we were i think we at one point where the highest we ever got was i think 23 points yeah and uh and it but Could otherwise i mean <laughs> <laughs> otherwise we we kind of hover what did we get the other day john i think uh, it was like 16 well no we would have gotten oh, 17 yeah. had i not ruined the because there you are only allowed to make three mistakes before you lose all like that is the only hard lose state of the game. Otherwise, it's uh you know you're on a graded scale of how great your perform the fireworks performance is, and like less than five is disappointing, and then you get other like say, oh the- this was an interesting or like legendary is the okay. twenty five that you're always trying to get. But if you make uh three mistakes, that is the only time that you score zero points. And on the final move of our <laughs> game, uh, Kevin was giving me a hint that uh, he thought was very clear. And I went the only I played the only card that was <laughs> not included because I was like, yeah, Kevin gave me those three like very clear hints. So I'm going to give the other one. Yeah, it was like a wild card. Like he had he had three fours in his hand. Two, two of, of which, which could, could have, have been played. played and it was like literally the last move of the game so i was just trying to get like one more point to right. get a higher score and it was just like i was like i'm gonna just roll the dice and like okay i'll tell john these are fours and he's gonna play one of the three and then and i was like know, yeah i'll play anything besides then, that four yeah, john's like let me play this one that i have off to the side which i think also like a lot of times like at least i will like kind of like 
crook a card to the like on an angle or like put it like on a you know move it to the left all the way to the left of my hand or something to kind of remember like oh that's a one or that's the card that somebody just gave me a hint about um but and john had this card kind of like tip to the side but i think so in my head i was thinking like oh he knows what that card is so but apparently he had i was no just idea. holding it weird <laughs> <laughs> but but a really fun game but one thing i will say it, it is definitely not a like just like pick up and play like party fun like you know some of these games are just like oh let's play apples to apples and like this is like you gotta focus you gotta like you're you're really not talking that much like yeah, other table than talk about is the discouraged game and actually yeah game. like table talk like you're not even allowed to like or allowed i mean it, yeah obviously you're policing the game yourself but like you're not supposed to be like this is that's a what three. i was wondering right. like how do you stop the table talk or like even reading people's faces or you know things that could be cheating or whatever you have some honor randall <laughs> <laughs> is that what it takes you just yeah you just gotta you just gotta take like the one rule that we kind of have like one house rule that's like you can look through the discard pile to like so we can always kind of keep track like we mentioned there's kind of a set number of how many of each card there is you allow that? Mm-hmm. yeah we always well, that's what we did, did the other day too we just like if you need to double check like what's been discarded and you can also ask someone else what they think they know, but without confirming. any confirming. But again, I mean, you got to be really careful about it. you can't sure. give like a little nod or a little but you got to just trust the people you're playing with, I guess. But, you know, the the more the less you're cheating the game, the more fun you're going to have because the, right. the as long as you're in for playing like a difficult cooperative game. But I think. It's, I think it's the tension of, that makes it fun. Yeah, you're robbing yourself of the experience if you're trying to like cheat the game, and you're not. That's not going to be fun if you get 25 points by going. This is the three, DJ. <laughs> that's just that. That's you know. Yeah, that wouldn't be the game. Right. So, but but a really highly recommended game on my end. I've had a ton of fun playing this game over the years. It's kind of been a constant, like just pops up as a staple every once in a while. Um, and it's only like 10 bucks on Amazon or I think you can even get it at Target and stuff and just ran at pretty much anywhere that sells like board game type hobbies, hobby games, hobby shops or whatever. How long to so, play through a game? Mm, I would say hour. half oh, yeah, hour half to hour. an hour at the most. Nice. Yeah. And that's like when we play, you know, we are kind of like. We're getting kind of serious. We're like we thinking about out. every move <laughs> and like yeah. what? Okay, whose turn is it? And we just yeah. So, but because of that, it also is hard to keep track of. Like sometimes you're even what? What do I even have? Like I have this <laughs> right. card tipped to the side. I don't even know if I remember what it is. <laughs> so it's a uh, it's a pretty fun game. Although uh, yeah, not the best to play while you're like having some drinks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, a little tougher to keep straight. Sure, but. Yeah, I didn't really have any more to add, but anything more to add on on either of your ends? I'd say it's one of my favorite cooperative games because I think a, a problem I have with a lot of cooperative games is I think one person can kind of just essentially be the player. Like with Pandemic, you know, you're trying to decide how to move the pieces, but one person could essentially just say, okay, you go here, you go here, you go here. Mm-hmm. And it kind of takes the agency away from the rest of the players. But with like Hanabi, everyone is very inter- integral. And I don't know, his. Oh, I, I just, whenever I play, I'm just, I don't want to let the team down. <laughs> and also, though, when you, when you feel like, because you even feel like you let it down, like even when I gave you that hint and you played the card, it was like, I was, I felt like it was me. I was like, I should have known that John was going to play that. He was going to know, like, well, none of those fours aren't certain, so he must be telling me to play this other card or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. It, so it, it can be pretty frustrating if, like, you and another person just throughout the whole game are not on the same page. You really do have to get familiar with how they interpret certain hints, because right. a lot of times, like, your hints aren't going to be clear about, like, this is playable. Like, sometimes hint will be this is discardable or so. Yeah. And that, that there is also, like, there's a point at the game where, like, in the meta of the game, like, that where once you start playing more cards, you start, like, giving hints that, or at least we did, we start giving hints that were instead of like oh this is a card that you should play no this is a card that you should discard yeah this card's garbage it's worthless to us yeah for this game yeah so it it, the managing of like what you're trying to gain hint tokens back or you're trying to use hint tokens like there's there's so many different aspects of like a very simple game that i really like of it yeah 
That's yeah, awesome. it's super fun. Super fun and highly recommended. But yeah, I think that uh, that pretty much wraps it up this week. We're going to keep it a little bit shorter this week, and uh, John's going to spend the night, and uh, we're going to roll <laughs> right into another episode here for next week. But uh, But we do have our game of the month picked out for next month. Yes, For the sir. month of September, we're going to be playing through uh, Katana Zero, which is a game that I think we talked about uh, back in the day when we were still doing like trying to pick a game every week, which I still have no idea how we were doing that. <laughs> even, even picking a game every month is like, God, how do we find the time? I know. Um, but uh, but yeah, Katana Zero is something that seems like it's got a little more of like an bite sized, at least, you know, level based chunks of you know we can we can squeeze in some levels here and there some fast paced action something a little different from uh uh into the breach which was pure like it was kind of chill but it was uh you know turn the brain on and, oh, and yeah. fry that thing so so yeah we'll be talking about that next month and maybe we'll bring john back maybe we won't we'll see if uh <laughs> he has a good time at the sleepover so we'll see if i make the cut <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, well, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. And this has been episode 17 of Pursuing Pixels. And uh, have a good evening. Take care. Bye. Bye. Um, and then a super hot. Did you play some or? Yeah, not not a super ton. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. not a super lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a nice job. Right. Uh, oh, man. I quit. <laughs>